Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So we roll into the waste management today, drinks in hand already, and we're walking by the practice putting green. And we see this dad set his his little kid in this golf cart. We don't think anything of it. We look over at the putting green. We're walking around. This fucking kid whiskey throttles it through the fence of the putting green. The dad's hanging onto the wheel like, oh, fuck, like freaking out. Drives through the fence, drives over this chick's leg. His fucking shit was everywhere. It was a nightmare. And that's how we started our week at the Waste Management. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> oh my god, what a fucking day. The waste management is unlike anything I've ever been a, been part, a part of, of yeah. in my entire life. Hundred uh, percent. As as we talked about, as you discussed, this, this is Big Drive Energy, by the way. <laughs> Big Drive Energy brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. We are at Big Drive Energy on Twitter. If you're not following us, you should go over and uh, hit that follow button right now at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram. Now we got an Insta. We're big shit, you know. No, no big deal. But I was gonna say when you said we're at, I was gonna say we're at our Airbnb getting drunk. <laughs> we're at this fucking little shit box in North Phoenix that was about three hundred dollars a night. Yeah, because it's, it's the week of the waste management, so of course you're gonna overpay for the shit. So we roll up and Mitchell. For those of you guys that don't know, Mitchell's pretty fucking bougie. Like, overall, oh. he's pretty bougie. And we roll up, and he's like, dude, it can't be right. It can't be right here. It can't be right. 
And it 100% was right there where he didn't want it to be. Yeah. And uh, there was actually cops outside. It was kind of cool. I felt safe. Comforting. Uh, yeah. There was cops outside talking. The dude was reporting a unit right around here just with a bunch of dogs in it. Yeah. No he, people, just... He was reporting just that... Just abandoned un- dogs. Underfed dogs, and he couldn't really con- convey his point properly to the police, and he didn't have an ID... Um, it was quite it was quite the scenario, but the the waste management today. Before we get into that, all right, we're just gonna do a little quick recap of last weekend's tournaments. Um, before we preview the waste management, talk about what this weekend's gonna be like in Phoenix. Absolute gong show, fun time. Sixteen was a riot today, but we do have to talk about what happened last week because it was incredible. So, first of all, let's talk about the tour that no one wants to talk about in the DP World Tour. Uh, Harold I Varner, think in connection with like the Asian Tour this last week or something like that. Yeah, they played in Saudi. The yeah. Saudi Open. Sa- Saudi Arabia? Saudi Arabia Open, Is maybe? that a place still? That, I think so. I think it's I still... mean, it's in the Middle East. <laughs> they played somewhere not in America. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the DP a- World Tour. It's not the DP America Tour. No, it's the DP World Tour. So, they played somewhere not in America... And Harold Varner the third. They had a stacked field. They did. Crazy stacked. There was a great field. Uh, news came out this last week that there's a Saudi Arabian tour that wants to play pay Bryson DeChambeau well over 135 million to be like the face of their tour, which is pretty more, wild. More than Tiger Woods has made in his entire career. So on the golf course, at yeah, least. Yeah. Yes. Uh, clearly. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, pretty insane shit. I mean. The amount of money that exists over there, I think we couldn't even wrap our heads around it if we really tried. Nobody really knows. I don't think any of that's on a W-2 or anything anything like that. It's just fucking... No 1099s. Yeah, there's no 1099s over there. Just a lot of oil and blood diamonds and shit. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, they don't really want to talk about Saudi Arabia because... Or Saudi. I don't know what's correct. Uh, Hopefully they don't come after me. But I... (laughs) Hopefully, um, <laughs> quaking in my boots over here, but yeah, they're. I mean, they're putting on crazy golf tournaments. They're getting big draws of fields, and I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. But yeah, I mean, Harold Varner, the fact that he made a hundred or not, it wasn't a hundred footer. It was like a sixty or seventy footer that off snaked, the front of the green that snaked miles. Yeah, so set the stage for this. Like, I mean, he was down one shot to Bubba Watson going into eighteen. He missed, it was a par five, he missed the green just short um, in two, and he had a two-putt to tie or make it to win. He made a a 70-footer, which is insane, and given the fact that it, Harold Varner's never won on the PGA Tour, so he's not super familiar with being in that spot, and that was a big event. I mean, there was more top 50 players in the world playing in the Saudi Invitational than there was playing at Pebble Beach last week. So it was it was a very formidable field. And big congrats to Harold Varner. He's been out on tour uh, for five, six years now, I want to say, or maybe a little less than that. I'm not exactly positive. Shocker. Uh, but he's been grinding it out. He's been really close multiple times, and he's great talent. And just to see him, him finally get a big win on a world stage is really cool. And maybe we will see him win this year on the PGA Tour after that uh, little showing he had over in Saudi. So big congrats to him. I, much deserved. And and it's never sad seeing Bubba Watson lose. 
Um, that's just a fact. Yeah, so Harold Varner is currently uh, 45th currently. Currently. 45th in the world rankings, and we'll be teeing it up this weekend at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. So we'll get to see, catch a little Harold Varner the third. And Mitchell kind of downplayed a little bit. Like, he, he, he had to make birdie on 18 on a par 5 to just tie the tournament, just just go into a playoff with Bubba Watson and try to win a title against a guy that's won a couple majors, a couple masters, yeah. nonetheless, the biggest... The biggest not a nobody pre- by yeah, any means. The biggest, most prestigious tournament in the entire world, I would say. Yeah. The the most prestigious golf tournament in the entire world, and Bubba Watson's won it twice. He had to make birdie just to go into a playoff, which a playoff creates a whole different aspect. What Bubba Watson won the Masters in a playoff, hitting the most incredible gap wedge that maybe the world's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say Bubba would have been at the at an advantage in the playoff. So the fact that Harold finished it in regulation. And I honestly think it was a bit of an advantage for Harold to know that Bubba was already in the clubhouse at 15. Like, I know that sounds a little obvious, but when you're at 14, you've got a par 5 coming up, you've got a guy at 15 under, you know you need to make at least birdie. So that that kind of leaves, you're playing more on the offensive at that point as opposed to the defense. You know, you're not one shot ahead or whatever, like me knocking it down the stretch, you're like, I got to go make at least birdie, if not better, to to tie or win this event. So I would say, I mean, super clutch fucking putt, obviously. Massive stones by HV3. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun tournament to watch and to see the ending. Even though they really didn't, I mean, I didn't watch that much of it because there really wasn't that much televised. But it was a... Uh, a really well-deserved win for HV3. And do you know where he went to college? I do not. He, oh, H- and HBCU? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, it's East Carolina. Oh, okay. ECU. The Pirates? Maybe, no. What, what are the Pirates? Uh, Isn't that East Carolina? Yeah, East Carolina. Yeah, he's an ECU. Purple and, purple and yellow. Yeah, yeah. He's the ECU product. Okay. So I think he's the first, I mean, I would assume he's the first PGA Tour player. <laughs> Ever from ECU. I don't think that's an HBCU, is it? No. Okay. It's not. No, yes. that's a bit of a reach on my part. Yeah. But not a big <laughs> geography. No, we've NCAA. as we've talked on this podcast multiple times, we're not really into the geography. We're just here to talk about golf and not do it well. So <laughs> continue listening for more shitty golf takes. But so we talked about Harold Varner winning the Saudi Invitational. Incredible job from him making a it, like it, just go on Twitter and search Harold Varner putt, and I guarantee you the first thing that comes up is this absolutely insane snake snaking over hills like sixty footer that he drains. And I, the thing I love about it the most is you can just tell his excitement and like the dude's never won before. He's been very close. Yeah, on it, at this stage times. especially, so to get that weight off his back uh, is definitely a big thing for his career. Like I said, it, I think it could catapult him into winning on tour this year. I might have to sprinkle a little bit on some uh, long shot action for him coming up here soon. Oh, absolutely. He he may make his way into the big bet energy. And I think I honestly think I picked him like one or a tournament last year for something. I'm not entirely sure what it was, but I know the dude's been playing some pretty good golf for like 
in relative terms, let's put it that way. Like but now, top 50s, yeah. top. He's like, all right, I'm here, and I can play well, and I can be a part of tournaments. But now now that he's won, and especially winning an event with a pretty stacked overall field, I feel pretty good about where he's at mentally going into these this next swing of the PGA Tour. So For sure. Um, and then on the actual PGA Tour last week, first of all, let's talk a little bit about, we, we talked about all the AMs in the Pro-Am, and how do you think that played out? Like, I saw a lot of people on Twitter were super angry about watching Bill Murray putt or watching Schoolboy Q hit shots or Macklemore. How did you feel about it? What What's your take on it? Is it, is it a ridiculous tournament? Obviously, we saw the field was pretty weak. And maybe it was due to the fact they're playing with AMs the whole time. Um, what did you, what did you feel like? How did you feel about the the pro am? Was it did they did they focus too much coverage on the AMs? Let's 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 forget the pro part of it for a minute. Yeah, and just talk I, about the AM side. I don't necessarily think so because that's what we've been talking about. Where we want to see people like that hitting shots. Like I had no idea Schoolboy Q played golf. And he's actually got a pretty good move at it. And it seems like he really loves the game, which is badass. Uh, but I don't have a problem with it. Everyone just has a big old dump in their pants. Like the, the, I, I understand the coverage sometimes is not great. But everyone's either like, oh, there's not enough of this. Or there's not enough of that. Or there's too much of this. It's like, just fucking enjoy it. It's one week out of the year where they play four rounds with an AM. And yeah, they suck. But just... Take advantage of that time to make yourself feel better about your own golf game because I'm sure it's not much better. So don't bitch and moan. If you were on TV, you'd want to be like, hey, did you see my shot on TV today? You know, like, I don't care. So I, I don't hate it. I really don't. But everybody just finds a reason to dislike things and get upset over things. So I don't know what to tell those people, but I thought it was fun to watch. Um, and Bill Murray's a legend. There's, there's certain... Like, yeah, the, the CEO of fucking the the toilet cakes fucking bullshit you drop in the urinal. I don't care to see him hit a golf shot. But some of the more iconic people that you can recognize. and Like, Macklemore's a rapper. He's not a golfer. Schoolwick, he's a rapper. Bill Murray's a, an actor. I mean, there's there's a lot of different people that come out and play in this event that obviously golf is a hobby for them. So... I think it's fun to watch them hit shots, see what kind of game they've got. Because there is some better players, like we talked about last week. There's guys that are right around scratch or near scratch. So to see them go out and, and play the same course as the big boys and probably shoot 85, I think is a pretty good time. Yeah, and honestly, I, <laughs> you, you kind of mentioned it, but I think all serious golf fans just have most of them have just a giant dump in their pants. And there's no better way to describe it than that, the fact that they're – always complaining about what the coverage is or why this guy is getting more time than this guy and why are we watching these guys hit shots like there was so much of that on twitter and you know honestly it's great to see awesome players hit good golf shots but we've talked about this for multiple times over multiple podcasts is like how much better is it to see people hit shots that you're like oh wow like the pros hit such great shots and then these people are just, you know, flying it into the bunker. They're block hooking it right. They're they're 
snap hooking it into the weeds, you know? So I and and it's not like they just showed the AMs. They they showed a relatively small amount of coverage of most of them, but overall, I think it was a real good uh, it was a good product. There wasn't the greatest players in it, hence the winner. Um and there wasn't but it, there was drama down the down the stretch, which is great, and we'll, let's just talk about that a little bit. So at after so Tom Hoagie, congratulations to him by the way, first win on the PGA Tour, first professional win. Well, not I shouldn't say first professional win, first win on the PGA Tour in two hundred and four starts, and now we've got back to back. I tweeted this out, didn't get a lot of love, so it's not like going to go on ESPN stats and info or any cool Twitter account like that. But they're back to back tour winners in Hudson Swafford and Tom Hoagie, who had had over two hundred career PGA. St- tour starts between like each and hadn't won yet and uh hudson swafford i believe did it was 207 years in a row and finally years or two whoa too many drinks too today many, at the waste too many topos too for many, spencer um but 207 starts and he hadn't won a pga tour event and then you go right back to back tom hoagie i believe had 203 or 204 pga tour starts and hadn't won and both of them got off the schneid and won and the reason it was so impressive from Tom Hoagie because Jordan Spieth, who's won the Pebble Beach program before, is been a number world number one golfer, has been the guy that everybody anointed the next Tiger Woods in terms of he can win, you know, fourteen majors, et cetera, et cetera, was I, I believe on the DraftKings Sportsbook, which real quick, if you guys are not on the DraftKings Sportsbook, you need to get on it now. Super Bowl fifty six is this weekend and We've been waiting for this since September, and in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a 56 to 1 odds on either team. So all you have to do is bet $5, log in, use that promo code DNVR, set yourself up a new account, you bet $5, and you get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're playing, you know, $5, $10 units, that's a lot of bets that you can place for free on DraftKings. So... Make sure you head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook, get that 56 to 1 odds in honor of the big game and Super Bowl 56. And if you're not a new customer, you can also play the Super Bowl 56 props. There is so many props. I love to bet on the national anthem. I love to bet on the coin toss. I love to bet on the color of Gatorade that spilled on the winning team's head, which by the way, I was listening to an unnamed podcast this week and he disclosed that the team, the Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals, usually use uh, orange Gatorade, and that's pretty much all that they have is orange Gatorade. So if you want to take a little stab at the color of Gatorade dumped on a coach's head, if it's going to be Zach Taylor, uh, orange is the way to go. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the promo code DNVR, and you get 56 to 1 odds on either Super Bowl team. Bet $5 and get $280 in free bets. Promo code DNVR at the DraftKings Sportsbook which is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so back to Tom Hoagie and the final round of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He was like, Jordan Spieth was like minus 330 or 340 to win this tournament at one point, which if you gamble and you know odds, that's an insane level. That's like, a pretty heavy he had, favorite. He had a two-stroke lead. There was guys going into the back nine, and 
we've talked about it before on the podcast, but a bunch of dudes that haven't won on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And when you got a guy like Jordan Spieth, you and just, he's you leading. You really have to expect he's going to close it. Exactly. And he hit a shot on 17, which is a par 3. He was bitching and complaining about it. Our mom is, was hilarious. She watches golf. She watches all sports. But uh, she was kind of going in on Jordan being a complainer. But he hit this shot, and he talked about how much he loved it and how great he hit it, and it was in the front bunker. And that turned into a bogey for him. And, and Yeah, that, he missed like a five-footer. Oh, yeah. I did. And that, that kind of fucked him. I, I mean, for lack of a better term, he, he was kind of – I wouldn't call him the driver's seat, but he was definitely in a much better spot going into 17. Then he makes that bogey. Then he's got a press on 18, hits his drive under the tree, um, and then he kind of like chunks it out from under the tree with a wood. I couldn't really tell what he did, but didn't. I think he, what did he need? Did he need three on the last? To, yeah, he needed. At the, after at, his bogey, he needed a three. Yeah, he well, he needed a three on the last to just tie, and then Tom Hoagie would have gotten a chance to play the 18th at Pebble, which is a very gettable par five, and make birdie to win the tournament. So Jordan needed a three, and he hit it under that, like, cypress, I want to say. Is it a cypress tree? I think it uh, is. A cypress tree kind of right in the middle of the fairway. Then he hit, a, he hit a fairway wood out of there, trying to go for the green. He knew he needed it. He needed to go. And... He hit some, like, dirt or something in uh, Faldo, and then we're saying he hit it fat. I doubt he hit it that fat, but hit it fat enough to um, basically be a, a shitload short of the green and into the bunker, and then it was going to take a miracle from there for him to at least get, even get up and down uh, for birdie. And he was already two strokes back because on 17, so like Mitchell said, he made that bogey, but and then Hoagie, bogey, hoagie. Hoagie. We're, we're rhyming out here. Hoagie comes up to 17, hits it to like 20 feet. He's on the green. He's safe. And at this point, all he needs to do is be safe. And he hits it on the green and then just knocks in this like 30-foot left to right, which, or excuse me, right to left bender, which for right-handed golfers is, no, left to right. I was right the first time. I should never, I should trust my shouldn't, instincts. Yeah, I shouldn't second guess yourself. Big left to righter for, and for a right-handed golfer, that's a, that's a tough putt. And he knocks it in and that's when he took the two shot lead over Spieth after Spieth made bogey. And cause on 18, if Spieth makes, has, just has to make birdie to tie, Hogue played it, Hoagie played it very safe. We have a member at our golf course named Hogue with like same spelling, H-O-G-E is his last name's Hogue. So it's very hard for me to wrap my mind around this guy being hoagie, but you know, hoagie to me is like a hoagie sandwich. H O A G I E, hoagie, easy as that. But yeah, either way. So he just has to make uh, if if Spieth makes a birdie to tie it. Hoagie played it very safe, and which I would have done the same thing too. And he ended up making par and winning the tournament. But you never play it safe, bro. No, I. I mean, I'm saying if I'm in that position, I'm probably playing it safe. Let's be real here. Yeah, you probably. The Spring Valley Club Championship is very different, but we're not getting into that ever again. And so, congrats to Tom Hoagie, incredible win. And then we're moving on. We're moving on to the waste management, which um, we had an incredible day today. But before, so Mitchell's talked about this on the pod before, and not, what a lot of people don't understand about the PGA Tour is every single week you have a Monday qualifier. You have a, a day where they go play a random course in the city of the PGA Tour event. So this Monday there was a tournament basically 
in Phoenix, the Phoenix area, the greater Phoenix area, if you will. This is, a, as we found out today, a gigantic area. There's Scottsdale where the tournament is. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been here multiple times, but when you're going from the airport to North Scottsdale back to Phoenix over to Tempe, I mean, it's like the, the general metro area is fucking huge. I mean, it's like a 20-minute ride from the golf course down to our Airbnb, if not longer. And then we're still another 5-10 minutes from Phoenix, so it is an expansive place. Look at that big word. I'm king of the dictionary. Uh, but yeah, it, today was unbelievable, and, and Spencer mentioned the Monday qualifier. So if people don't understand how hard it is to Monday qualify for an event, there's a qualifier... So this year, the Monday qualifier, they had two spots for a full field of a hundred and some players. So you, or I'm sorry, three spots. You had to finish top three to qualify for this week's PJ Tour event. But that's not even the best part. There's a pre-qualifier to get into the qualifier, and the qualifier, I think you had to shoot about, I want to say it was like. 64, 63 or 64 just to get through to play in the qualifier. And then in the qualifier, we had a crazy, crazy week this week where they ended up in a 10-hole playoff. Was it 10? 10 holes. They made it not one, not two, not three. <laughs> LeBron James, not four, not five. Yeah. They made it 10 holes before a playoff was decided. It was almost dark out. It was basically dark out. And I think they started the playoff at like 3 p.m. So it definitely went over two hours. Absolutely insane. Who ended up, do you, do you know who ended up qualifying? I, we don't have it in front of us. Never mind. Who who cares? They're not going to win. I mean, that's, that's a little dickish of us, but whatever. It was just an insane, uh, I think it was a three-way playoff. And shout out to... Uh, Monday Qualifier Info, he's a really good follow if you don't follow him on Twitter. He kind of creates this content and these storylines behind all these younger mini-tour guys and even older mini-tour guys trying or still trying to break through on the PGA Tour through Monday Qualifying through the, the smaller tours in order to get out on the PGA Tour. And these, we've talked about it a million times, but just how good these... Guys are that you've never heard of that could go out and shoot sixty four anywhere. You know, it's so it, it was Jeffrey Kang, and he survived a ten hole playoff to Monday qualify, and this will be his first ever PGA Tour start this weekend. That's badass. That's really cool. And the insane thing is, like, just to get into the event, that's what you have to do. Like, I I bet he feels like he's put in a full fucking week, probably playing in the the pre qualifier. Got to play a great round. Then you go play 18 holes, go into a playoff. He essentially played 28 holes that day. So, I mean, he's beat, and then that's Monday. He's got Tuesday, Wednesday's the Pro-Am, and then the tournament starts Thursday. Like, what a fucking week for that guy. I, I mean, I hope he goes out and plays well, but we've seen in most in a lot of cases where these guys are so worn out from trying to qualify and getting through all the stages and... Uh, of pre-qualifying and qualifying and then you're an alternate and then oh you found out you got in you're all over the place like even uh, Monday Qualifier Info tweeted out there's this guy that missed the uh, 
missed the Phoenix Open Monday by like one or two. So he he's he, obviously not playing this week. Well, so he lipped out a putt. Oh, okay. He, he lipped, lipped out, out a putt. putt that would have won him the Monday qualifier, and then he ends up. He was the first. He finds out he's the first, uh, first alternate at the Corn Ferry Tour event in Bogota, Colombia. He flew there today. He's landing at eleven p.m. and he's gonna wait on the driving range tomorrow morning to see if he's got a spot. Like. Absolutely insane what these dudes will, the lengths these guys will go to to get a spot in an event to try to prove themselves. So, absolutely insane shit there. And, yeah, I mean, it sounded like these guys had already had a full week before they even got through the Monday. So, uh, moving on to the Pro-Am today. We got we got out there. What did we land? We landed about 10. We landed a little after 10. Uh, shout out Southwest Airlines. We were actually early, which was incredible. Um, we landed about 25 minutes early, but if you've ever been to Phoenix, the airport's a shit show. Uh, everyone's got their clubs, which we do too. We're going to play a little golf tomorrow morning, and we're going to play a little golf on Friday. Um, not, a bad, not a bad situation for us, but... Everyone's got their golf clubs, everyone's trying to get rental cars, everyone's trying to do the same shit we're trying to do, which skews the fuck out of them, and not to mention it's a waste management open, so already busy here, and we have to take a shuttle over to the shuttle over to the rental car place, which is a long ways away from the actual airport. Not a not great design on the uh, Phoenix City and City County, whatever you want to call it, building. Um reps and management but you know that's how it goes so we get over to there we get over to the uh rental car place and i promptly forget my my golf or my uh, suitcase we're halfway through the fucking concourse to at the rental car place and spencer has his backpack and his golf clubs and looks around and he's like oh my god and i'm like what the fuck so he had to run all the way back luckily nobody touched his bag Shockingly enough, I figured we were gonna have to go shop and get him fucking underwear and the whole bit. Like he was gonna be absolutely hosed because that's just how shit goes for us sometimes. But uh, luckily, he found his bag. So Spencer then promptly paid way overpaid for the rental car. Um, he got fucking bamboozled. He got hoodwinked. I think what'd you pay seven hundred and fifty dollars for three days? It was a lot for a fucking Ford Fiesta, like. <laughs> Hardly could fit our shit in the back, like unbelievably small car. But anywho, whatever. Just just another uh, shit that we <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, so we end up getting fucked. But that's fine. Uh, so then we roll up there. We couldn't check into our Airbnb, so I am basically butt naked in the parking lot right by the highway, um, just in my boxers. And for any of you who know, that's not a sight that you necessarily want to see. Uh, so that was a real treat. Everyone was pulling in. I had no choice. I was in jeans and a t-shirt. So I had to act accordingly and fucking get into some golf clothes, which was a little bit uncomfortable for me, but who cares? I can deal with it. Well, and shout out. So the reason we had to change, obviously we, we try to be comfortable on the plane. It's only a short plane ride from Denver down here to Phoenix, but we want to be. I want to be personally comfortable on the plane, and so I wear like jeans and like a hoodie and whatever. And then you get here and it's like hot, and so you don't want to be hot. But also shout out to Pins and Aces if you guys haven't checked out their stuff at Pins and Aces on Instagram. 
Um, Pins and Aces is the website. Their stuff is phenomenal. They hooked it up, and hopefully we're moving forward with them as as kind of one of our sponsors and somebody that we're going to just rock their clothing all the time. But I actually got like four compliments today on my polo. People were like, oh, that's such a dope polo. Where'd you get that? And I was just telling them, yo, Pins and Aces, Pins and Aces. They're basically a better version of all these like crazy golf companies like Bad Birdie or whatever that you see. Um, they make incredible clothing. It's awesome. They have great designs. It's all made in-house, especially like us Colorado people. A lot of that stuff's made in Colorado. They do anything you want. They have beer sleeves. They have all this awesome stuff. So go check out Pins and Aces. But they hooked it up. So we changed in the parking lot. And like Mitchell said, we're we're out there naked in this like Ford Fiesta. Not together. Not naked. Not together. <laughs> For the record. Um, but we're changing into this Pins and Aces stuff, trying to rock this stuff. We brought it to the, the guys down here at PHNX. And uh, it was just an overall incredible, incredible experience. I... Um, being not being not going to that many PGA Tour events like this has changed the game for me and I think every PGA Tour event we go to past this will not live up to this billing I don't think yeah it's just not this it's just a horse of a different color it's a completely different deal and I think everybody gets that like they were blasting EDM music like sick drops and shit Spence and I were jamming out uh, when we probably shouldn't have been inside the ropes but whatever. Uh, we can appreciate a good drop. So Yeah, we did have to clear our drinks before we got inside the ropes. We did get media credentials, which pretty lucky. Yeah, <laughs> um, if you know enough. us, it's uh, uh, pretty wild in general, the fact that we... Uh, and shout out to Saul, obviously. Saul from PHNX uh, really hooked us up. And basically, we, we got behind the ropes, and it was unbelievable, and we'll be putting out a lot of content um, here in the next few days. But, yeah, it was – so let's go through it a little bit. We started walk, – we walked in first thing, um, didn't know where the fuck we were going, shockingly enough. And so we walk over, uh, we show them we'll – flash them our credential, walk through, sweet, like never done anything like that before, so that was pretty fucking cool. Um, so then we head straight for the bar. I get a couple uh, – John Daly's, um, just like I like it. Spencer gets a couple of Topo Chico's. We start rolling in. We walk through the the whole beer scene. Like, the food and drinks, the vendors are just unbelievable. Like, do you know, and so we, we finally walk over past the putting green where that whole fucking debacle happened. Kid whiskey throttling it through the fucking uh, putting green fence, like, walking off like nothing happened, like... He was a legend, which he was. And then we walked by the driving range, watched them hit balls for a little bit. And we headed up to 16 to just sit in the stands and have a few drinks and take it in for a bit. And the first thing I turned to Spencer and said after we sat down and they were, they had a guy live mic like announcing like career accolades for different non-golfers even for the, the pro-am. And I was like, this sounds like a fucking rodeo. Like, that is legitimately what it sounded like with the announcers. The 16th like hole live is not calling a, it. It's not a golf tournament. It's no. not. No. It's, 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 a, it's a live show. Now, granted, today was just a practice round, so it was a little more live than it's going to be tomorrow. But the amount of people around, the amount of... The, the, I guarantee you, if, if they could do a survey on fans of golf and, like, their level of golf fandom and attendees of the waste management specifically this open... The 
the level of fandom goes way down compared to the level of people that show up to this tournament. The people there today, incredible outfits, a lot of crazy shit going on, but guarantee you they're not that into golf. No, there's not. It, it's just a, it, it's an iconic event. It's not even like Spencer said. It's not about golf for most of the people. It's just about having a fucking party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the way people are dressed blows my mind. So then we hang out for a bit on 16, just hanging out, enjoying ourselves. We decide to, uh, we meet up with Saul and all those guys, hang out for a little bit. Uh, we filmed the TikTok. If you haven't seen it, go check out our TikTok. Then we head over to the tent kind of by 17, and I'm trying to buy us a couple of vodka Red Bulls. We need a little pick-me-up. It was an early morning. So I go to tip this lady, and she thinks, so... I buy the the Red Bulls, whatever. It's 40 bucks for four vodka Red Bulls. Fine. So she hands me the deal, and I think for some reason there's like a decimal point. Like between, you know, like where it's like two numbers and then a decimal. And then uh, the change or whatever. So I type in 10. I try to type in like $10 for a tip. And I accidentally type in like two more zeros. And so it comes up to 1000 and the weird, she just automatically assumed I was tipping her a dollar. She goes, oh, well, it's not a thousand. And first of all, you shouldn't be tipping a dollar on four cocktails. And I was like, I was trying to tip you 10. She just like jumped down my throat and she goes, I'm just trying to teach you young people how to tip. I was like, yeah, this isn't the first fucking time I've done this. If you knew me, you knew how much I go out and drink. Like, holy shit, I know how to take care of a server. Like, just... Crazy lady jumped down my throat, and then she's like, oh, boo, boo, boo. like, I just didn't really appreciate that, but just a weird deal. I was like, what the fuck, lady? Um, then we hung out on 17 for a bit, didn't really watch any shots, there was nobody really coming through. Then we came back, and we went down on to the 16th hole, and watched the final groups roll through um, with the pros and the ams. We got to see Michael Phelps really up close, which is awesome. His intro is unbelievable, like... And then he does the whole stretching thing where he swings his arms behind his back like he's some sort of contortionist where I would definitely pull every single muscle in my upper body if I attempted that. Um, and he does that like every time, I guess, when he's getting introduced. So that was really cool. But then we just hung out on uh, 16 and they have another really cool thing at the end after all the, the pros and the ams roll through. Oh, and we got to see Patrick Peterson and Larry Fitzgerald. A couple of local Arizona legends, if you're not familiar uh, with the Cardinals. A few of the, the rare bright spots to come out of Arizona these last 10, 15 years since they played in the Super Bowl. Was that in 06? I believe so. Against, uh, the, against Big Ben and the Steelers. So, yeah, I mean, two, probably their two best franchise players in the last 15 years. Uh, they're great stewards of the community. It sounded like they had... All these accolades and everybody loves them there, which is awesome. So that was really cool. But then afterwards, what what was that called? The shootout? Yeah, there was like a shootout where there was a lot of AMs and mostly all ce- AMs, I want to say. mostly ce- celebrities taking shots at the 16th hole, trying to make a hole in one. There was a freestyle rapper at the entire thing. Like once again, check our Twitter, check our Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod on Insta, at Big Drive Energy on Twitter. A l- insane level of production from this this entire tournament 
And all these AMs are taking shots, trying to make a hole-in-one. This guy's freestyle rapping about each one of them. I mean, we were standing next to Jer- like Jared Goff and Christian Yelich and Ryan Braun. Like, we're literally just hanging out with these dudes. It was insane. Cole Hamels was there. Uh, JaVale McGee was there. Patrick Peterson, like Mitchell said. Larry Fitzgerald. It went on and on and on. We're throwing out T-shirts to the people. We should have never been credentialed. <laughs> we should never. People been, were dropping their shit. We were throwing it up in the stands, or just it like, was. Fuck it. it was an absolute blast. So we're looking super forward to this tournament. And before we finish this pod and finish this preview, we got to give you guys our big bad energy picks once again. Those are all posted on Twitter and Instagram. But we'll give those to you because we love you for the people. Um, also, real quick, Matt. James, the Bachelor, shanked one right into uh, cameraman's face. I was honestly afraid of that. Like, there was a lot of people standing, like, short or right in front of the players to the right. And by players, I mean all the amateurs that were attempting to hit the shot in front of thousands of people. Music blaring. I was like, we're definitely getting, like, a a hard shank out of one. And we we did see it. We were kind of standing in that direction, so we didn't see it directly. But we did tweet it out if you want to see it. Hit this fucking cameraman like i don't know exactly where on the body but it couldn't have been fun oh our buddy jacob uh from phnx was right there and he got some great video of it which we also tweeted but anyways getting into our big bet energy picks for the waste management open once again this is a joint card we decided to go with instead of our normal each picking a winner each picking a top 10 and each picking a long shot we kind of went with a bunch of different prop bets, also picking a winner, picking a top 10, and picking a top 20. Um, so we, But we picked these together. This is a, this is a team effort. Um, we've been riding Mitchell's hot streak, so kind of trusted him with a lot of what we did here. But basically, we picked a winner for you guys, and this is um, a guy we... This is a Stan podcast of his at this point. We love this guy. He's won three of his last five professional events. And he's sitting at plus 1,600. We watched him come through 16 today, stiff a shot close. His scramble team couldn't make the putt, but that's not his problem. And that's Victor Hovland. So take Victor Hovland plus 1,600 to win the tournament. And then we've got a top 10 as well. Um, Top 10, a guy that's... Uh, should have basically basically what we talked about earlier probably should have won last weekend in Saudi has played in this tournament before a ton one of one masters we we talked about him earlier um, Bubba Watson he's plus 300 to top 10 this week and he's played in this tournament before and we've seen a lot he, of I think he's won this tournament before definitely yeah we've seen a lot of success from prior players so Bubba Watson plus 300 he's playing good golf even though it's across the across the pond he's playing playing well enough to uh, plus 300 to top 10 that's pretty good odds so you're getting right three to for one a odds. guy coming off of a start like he had over uh overseas like you said that's i like those odds exactly and then our uh last year's winner to top 20 not playing the best golf right now but brooks kept a kepka <laughs> kept a Brooks Kepka, even money. So Brooks. you bet one dollar, you win one dollar. You bet fifty dollars, you win fifty dollars on him being in the top twenty. So and the top twenty are great bets because they can be as long as they make the cut, they've got a chance. For sure, they, they go low on Sunday when they're not even in it, and they squeak in at t eighteen, t seventeen, whatever it may be. Still making a good paycheck for them and still making good money for you if you bet on Brooks Kepka. And then our long shot, Mitchell, why don't you get in your long shot at plus seven thousand? So. I just I love Max Homa. I really do. I 
I love the way he plays. Like he's just got this super laid back style. He's not. He's very persistent. Like he never gives up. But he also doesn't like go out and try to overpower the golf course. He just kind of takes what it gives him. Uh, and this is kind of his area. He's a California Arizona type kid. And plus, I he did tweet out. This is what really kind of swung me in that direction was he is shaving, he shaved his beard, just left the mustache. So he's going full on creeper stash this week, switching up the vibe to quote him. Um, and that's what really kind of forced me to pick this guy. Like, how can you go wrong picking Homa, uh, rocking the stash, historically done well with that. So uh, I like I like his chances this week, especially with those odds. Absolutely, we love the we love the homie Max Homa, the homie Homa, uh, to win at plus seven thousand this week, and then we took a couple of crazy props, um, a couple of just out of the out of the water props that you know if you, if they hit we look like geniuses, if they don't we don't we don't want any of the blame. So uh, John Rom to make a hole in one this week plus sixty five hundred, so bet one dollar win sixty five, pretty great odds. ASU product, the crowd loved him. He had a great showing today and is expected to win, not expected to win this tournament, never expected to win a golf tournament, but if, if there's anybody that's up there that's like, hey, this guy should win, it's John Rahm, and 16, there's a couple other par threes in this course, Mitchell's played it, pretty gettable, so we're hoping John Rahm makes a hole-in-one, get us 65-1 to 1 odds, and we just coast for the rest of the year. Also, um, an albatross to be made in the tournament, which is uh, more than an eagle, so Canning the, on a par five. canning the second shot on a par five. Mitchell, why don't you talk a little bit about the 15th hole and a, a hole that you believe is really albatrossable. Oh. oh, what a word. Uh, yeah, the 15th is definitely gettable. It's it's not that long of a hole. It's, the drive, if you cut the corner up the left side a little bit, it's a little bit of a, a dogleg left, um, but not anything crazy, like nothing you can't cut. So I, I know all the longer hitters are going to be cutting that corner. Getting it down there probably within 170 to 200 yards, depending on how long you hit it. So uh, I think the guys have a really good shot at making a two there. Like, we've seen guys hole out plenty of shots from 170 to 220 yards. I mean, it's not super probable, but with the odds like that, I think I like that. So that's why I rolled with that prop. Love it. Love it. So enjoy the coverage from us and from the PGA Tour. The Waste Management Open is the most fun golf tournament we've ever been to, and we're only one day in. So make sure you enjoy that. Make sure you watch this tournament this weekend. Uh, Before the Super Bowl on Sunday, this tournament will finish up. They're not dumb. The PGA Tour, we know as from the Saturday finish last week, they will not compete with the NFL. So make sure you watch the end of this tournament and Watch, check out hole number 16 because it's unlike anything that golf ever sees in general as, a, as an event. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at DN, uh, correction, at Big Drive Energy and our Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. We appreciate y'all listening. We're going to be back on Friday afternoon with some recap of and weekend preview of the Waste Management Phoenix Open along with a couple of our rounds from Phoenix Country Club and Las Santas. Talk to you this weekend. Peace.